Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our friend Ryan Miller coming up here momentarily. He covers the Jazz for KSL.com. We'll talk to him about Summer League and uh, his thoughts on the Jazz offseason going into this upcoming season, which is right around the corner, by the way. October 4th is preseason game number one. Really? Okay. So what, month and a half? I said four. No, right around the corner, which just seems wild. I mean, uh, we... I'm thinking back to shows we did at the beginning of the pandemic, Gordon, and we said, you know what? Like, the way that this is delaying the sports schedule, we're going to be wall-to-wall basketball for, like, two, three years. <laughs> and it's it's really true. I mean, it, it feels like the NBA Finals just ended. Because it did just end. Do you think that uh, – let's take the Jazz uh, in particular. Do you think those players – at what point are they completely rested? Oh, I don't know. And if how much is too much? How much is too little? I don't know if there's a good answer there, um, honestly, but I, I I don't know if you can this offseason. When the get Jazz too, when too they, much rest? Or get enough. Because when the Jazz play their last game, was it at the end of June? Yeah, like June in the 20s there somewhere. Okay. So you're talking about July, August, or you only get two full months and then camp starts in September? Yeah, I mean. Two months, Gordon? Uh, a little more than two months. I think guys are, guys are probably ready to go. They're young. They're young. That's <laughs> what you're going with. They're young. All right, let's uh, let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. He covers the jazz for KSL.com. He's our friend Ryan Miller. Ryan, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing, guys? How's your summer been? Uh, so far, so good. We were just talking about how short it is because uh, the Jazz are going to start camp next month. Yeah, that's usually how it works, especially this year. Like, I'm actually looking forward to next summer. Like, I actually just got married. Um, hey, in May. congrats! Hey, win for me. Um, and like, I keep telling my wife, I'm like, it's usually not this ridiculously bad of like a schedule of just never having any time off ever. I'm like, just wait till next summer, and then you know. There might be a couple months break, but yeah, this month, this year, we, we might get a few weeks coming up here soon. But then, yeah, we're right back in the swing of things. So, Austin, Jake, you got any uh, marital advice for Ryan? Hold on for dear life. <laughs> Austin? Uh, life insurance and a lot of it. <laughs> Wait, you don't want to be more valuable dead than alive. Well, yeah. I probably already am, but you know. <laughs> no, no, communication's the key. What do we know, Gordon? Why are you asking us to give him? Oh, You've been married that, for 65 years. I know, but years. younger people are the ones who know it all. 
I certainly don't on that topic. Uh, okay. That uh, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Always know where the bread is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, come on. Uh, Not gonna man, I'm gl- I'm glad no one's coming to you guys for marriage advice. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Because I've got no business giving it. Uh, th- th- we can get into summer league here in a second, Ryan. But give us your thoughts overall on the Jazz off season. You know, I, I think there's two like ways of thought on this, and it's kind of what you thought was the big weakness against the Clippers was. You have the people that just wanted versatility, and I think you got that. You got Rudy Gay coming in, um, Eric Pascal. Th- these two guys should be able to serve as a little bit of more of a small ball lineup that can counter some of the lineups you saw against the Clippers. But then you have the other train of thought where it's like the real reason they lost was because Rudy Gobert couldn't be in two places at once. Um, they're perimeter defense was that bad uh i don't know if they really got much better on that went uh, on that area i guess um i don't think rudy gay is a guy that can step in and just suddenly be a perimeter stopper anymore uh so he, he's a good piece i think he'll be helpful i don't know if he saw, like they solved all their issues unless jared butler comes in and just is awesome but other yeah but i think they did get more versatile and yeah, so all in all, it was a great, good off season. I don't think it was like a slam dunk home run that some people are making it out to be. Hmm. So, are there? Let me ask. Uh, we're going out of order here a little bit, but uh, I'm curious to know whether you think any of these young fellows who are either involved in the summer league or not uh, can help the Jazz in that regard at all. Well, you know, I never thought, like, going into Summer League, if you would have told me, like, Trent Forrest would have had any type of impact on this team, I would have been like, meh, meh, I wasn't a big believer. What he's done over the last few weeks is pretty impressive, what what he's shown. That said, like, it's almost been, and this has no fault to him or Adoka or any of their other teammates, they just haven't really played high-level guys. Like, you look at the Salt Lake Summer League, they, Memphis is, they have two friends, they have two pretty good NBA guys on their team in Salt Lake. Neither of them play against the Jazz's A team or whatever they wanted to call them. Same thing happens with San Antonio. So they, they kind of like are, they're play, and then you go to Vegas and it's not like they're playing the top picks here. And so they, they've kind of had a bunch of G Leaguers, I think, against that they're going against. And they've looked really good, and that's what you're supposed to look like if you're an NBA guy. So I think that's a good thing. I, Adoka is huge. He has a lot of physical attributes that I think can make him a good NBA player. A great one? Maybe not, but I think he can be serviceable. Um, I don't think that'll happen this year. I, I see no reason why he'll play over Hassan Whiteside, at least in, unless he really just shows something. But again, like, I just don't know if we've seen a, too, any of them against legitimate NBA competition to really know what they are yet. Where uh, where's Elijah Hughes at in the process? I mean, you know, when they drafted him, you looked at the, the uh, as a shooter, you thought, man, there's an NBA skill, but sometimes you need a little more than that. Where's he at? Well, yeah, I think he, I think you nailed it. I think he can score. I really do think he can score at this league. Um, can he defend? I don't know. That he keeps saying that's the most important thing, and that's obviously the most important thing. I think his handle needs to kind of tighten up a little bit too, especially with the way he wants to play. Now he can play it. Can he be a catch and shoot three point shooter? Probably, um, but I, I don't think he wants. I almost see him more of like a, a Rodney Hood esque type of guy. He wants to kind of create a little bit. He's never going to be your number one guy, but bring him off the bench, and he can he can score a little bit for you. Um, I, he's not anywhere near that yet. He's also a little older, so will he ever get there? Eh, I don't know. It's where you have summer league, you have G League. These rookies, 
they, they are kind of a year behind when it comes to all of this. They didn't get this development from last year's summer league, from the G League. We're, we're talking what we had a couple weeks in Orlando with the G League season. That was it. Like these guys just they kind of sat on their hands for a year and didn't really get to do anything. Like Adoka, I, he literally said he's like, I haven't played five-on-five competitive basketball in two years. Like, yeah, we all know we got in at the end of games sometimes last year, but it's like you you can see in their minds that that wasn't a development time. They need this summer league. They need G League. They just need minutes, reps, to actually play competitive games and competitive minutes to kind of develop. And so you almost look at it like this is a second rookie season, um, kind of like this is their first true year in the NBA and and then you can kind of evaluate them after that. And with the Jazz being where they are, no, I don't think they're going to look at Elijah Hughes. Like, they'll probably look at Trent Forrest maybe in a pinch occasionally. And he obviously he's just a two-way guy, but he probably has more of a line to playing time than than Elijah does. And then, like, Adoka, you have, you have these guys that are probably just going to go into the G League, develop for a year, and then next summer see what you have in them and kind of make the decisions then. Maybe you already answered this in that answer, but you mentioned Jared Butler. Uh, I'm sure you've studied a lot of film of him, Ryan, since the Jazz drafted him. Uh, any any uh, thoughts on what you see? Yeah, you know, like I'm not going to pretend to be a basketball analyst, um, but I've talked to a lot of people both inside the Jazz organization and Pat Butler around his family. Honestly, everyone says this kid can play right now. Like, and we haven't seen him, obviously, with the whole contract, whatever, the medical clearance. But everyone at Baylor, especially, I was talking to his coach of, uh, last week, Scott Drew, and he, he's like, no, that this is the, a match made in heaven because the Jazz want to win now. And Jared is one of the few people in the draft that I can say can go and contribute any way to a, tal- uh, to a competitive team. If you want to sit him in a corner and shoot – He's a 50% catch-and-shoot three-pointer. You want him to run a little bit offense, he can do that. And then he has a – I think he shot like over 40% from 25-plus three-pointers. So it's like he can spread the floor. And so, like, if anyone – like, they are just, like, so excited about this fit because he they think he can just jump right in and suddenly help a team reach a goal. Now – that obviously might be them just wanting that to be true. But no, like, you don't hear a lot of coaches say, like, oh, I want this kid to just marry my wife or marry my marry my daughter and all this. They, like, everything is just all sunshine and flowers when it comes to Jared Butler. And so until you see any otherwise, you might as well believe it because it's more fun to believe that. And obviously his talent showed that, or, like, his talent was a mid first round guy like i we don't know the medicals we we've all heard the stories no one knows the true details of it but the fact is like he never missed a practice at baylor he never missed a game at baylor like there's really no reason to believe that that's going to be an issue until it is an issue and so right now i say yeah he'll probably be he'll probably be a fringe rotation guy and if he pops he, he could be in their top eight rotation ready to go in the playoffs did anybody else in the West really make themselves better this offseason? Oh, I think the Lakers did a lot. I don't like like they signed a ton of people. Um, the Clippers obviously are punting. They like with Kawhi's thing. They're they're punting. Um, yeah, I, I would think you would have to look at the Lakers more than the, the, that's yet your first step, just because of the amount of moves they made. Um, 
like when everyone else switches their team up that much, you're always like, will that even help? But with, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis on board, it's like you would think that they're going to be good. I, I don't know how good the West, Russell Westbrook trade makes them, uh, but I, I, I think Westbrook is better than some people would like to believe around these parts, especially with the Jazz and Thunder and whatever, the Rockets history there. So, um, But, yeah, I think the Lakers made themselves better. Um, everyone else is probably just as Kind of around the same. What do you think of the Mike Conley signing? I mean, everyone thinks that they, they just had to get him back. But what do you think of the dollar figures and the three-year deal? You know, you, you mentioned it. Like, there was no other option about than to get this guy back. They had no other money, no other avenue to replace him. So it was quite obvious that that was – priority number one for him no matter what you thought of the money and the tax but i think mostly you look at the dollar amount it's you look at what kyle lowry got you look at what chris paul got and you're like okay that's really not horrid like it's probably more market value if not below market value than anything else um they're both aging point guards older than mike conley even like significantly older than mike conley and so uh, I don't think they overpaid per se, and I think you look at what they, what else it means is that Ryan Smith is a man of his word and is willing to pay a lot of money to fill the competitive championship look caliber team, and that that more than anything should be exciting for the Jazz for Jazz fans because it's like and even Justin Zanuck said it, it's like this isn't a one year hit this is what Ryan what we're expecting Ryan Smith to do this is kind of his commitment to this team here and going forward and so like. We heard when he when he came, he always made the comments of, "Oh, I want to turn Utah into this major market." And I think, kind of, it starts with if he's willing to spend the money, and he has shown that he's willing to spend the money. And so, yeah, it should, it should be a good time for a Jazz fans. It's like, yeah, he might turn into New York, I guess, one time, building a bunch of bad contracts. But there's always a chance because if you're willing to spend, you you're willing to spend for good talent as well. And so, that that should just be a good. Good. I, I I would just be excited if I were a Jazz fan, just because it's like you you should always be in the picture at least to get people and to to keep people and to be in these conversations. Were you expecting another move, perhaps a, a trade? You know, Joe Ingles' name was floated out there a bunch, but uh, did you think one more was coming? Yeah, I, I did probably at the beginning because I honestly like until you see an owner actually spend the money, you're a little hesitant to believe that they're willing to because it's like. These are huge salary or just absolutely huge tax cuts. And so it's like, are you actually wanting to go into the the luxury tax by $50 million, by $60 million? Um, Like, that's a little different than paying five to 10, which what they did last year. And so I I thought they were going to probably look to shed a little bit more salary to get Mike Conley back. Um, But that was just because I didn't actually buy (laughs) that Ryan Smith was willing to write that big of a check. Apparently he is. And obviously the end of the season hasn't come as the Jazz start off 10 and 10, 10 and 15 or whatever. And it's not what they're looking for. They can still have those options. So it probably looks, it's probably the smarter move just to see what you have and then kind of say, okay, what can we do to maybe save some money at the trade deadline or if they're, all on number one seed in the West still like, all right, let's go for it. And so, yeah, probably initially I did think they were going to make another move, but kind of in hindsight, it probably didn't make sense until the trade deadline. So Ryan, you essentially said that the jazz held on to the the ground that they've won. Uh, I'm curious to know if we put your feet to the fire and say, will the jazz be better this next season than they were this last season? Uh, 
and obviously a good fortune in regard to injuries <laughs> and other things come into play. But from a pure st- talent standpoint, do the Jazz have a chance to be better this next time around? Um, I don't know if they'll be the number one seed again. Uh, I don't know if they'll have the best record. I do think they're probably better set up to compete in the playoffs, though. So, say they're the number three seed in the West, I don't think there is a matchup you can look at and be like, that's a bad matchup. And I think that's probably what what's more important in the, for this offseason was not to just get more talent, but get more talent that you kind of made yourself matchup proof. Because as good as Rudy Gobert is, you probably needed a little bit more help, a little more versatility to help with those small ball lineups. And so now, now they have that. And so they have a little bit more counters to play with because I know Quinn, Quinn got, like, roasted, especially on social media, like, not adjusting, not adjusting last year. And it was like, I, don't, I just never saw a move that he could make. Like, if Jarrell, like throwing Jarrell Brantley into the game was your, your ace in a playoff game, I, I just didn't see, like, that made no sense to me. And so they now have more options to go to. Um, and so, yeah, I think in the end, they'll probably be a better playoff team. I, I don't know if they'll be the number one seed in the West, just because, like, one, I think it's one of those things, like, once you get that, it's like, is that that important anymore? Are they going to rest more? So all those things, yeah, I think they're a better playoff team than last year, but maybe not a better regular season team. Ryan, thank you so much for jumping on the show. As always, we appreciate you. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too, you too Ryan. Ryan Miller, he covers the Jazz for KSL. Dot com. Not that far off. To, it's got to wind back up. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. So um, it'll be interesting to see if things break the Jazz way toward the end of the season. You know, I, I find what he says there interesting. Are they more equipped to be successful in the postseason? Because, of course, that's was probably the goal this offseason. But that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Because a lot of people said last year the Jazz are built for the regular season. Not for the playoffs. See, I don't, I don't really buy into that. Do you? <laughs> uh, I think what really came into play was the fact that the Jazz got injured at the wrong time. Yeah. And I know some people think that's excuse-making, but it's the truth. It's the truth. When you have players like Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell who who are not 100% in the playoffs, that's an issue. And, Jake, uh, this is coming from somebody who hates that whole – you know, the whole idea of resting players uh, during the regular season. But <laughs> if really the goal is to win a championship, the hell with the regular season. Well, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Are they are they more equipped to battle switchy defenses? I think they are slightly better in that regard. That's that remains a question. The the Jazz at times were really good last year against switchy defenses when Mike Conley played because mm-hmm. they could put multiple ball handlers on the floor and he is really good about beating his guy. Still the crafty veteran Mike Conley, but we saw when he didn't play and the Jazz had only a few ball handlers. Really, what Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and Jordan Clarkson, and it it didn't work. Nope. Right. So. <clears throat> You know, and then you you get to questioning. Well, can Rudy be a functional part of the offense when they're playing the switchy defense and they're not able to break it down? And all these questions remain legitimate. So that's that's the question. I wonder: Are they more equipped to to go up against, say, the Clippers? And you could probably argue yes. I think they're better equipped to play small ball. They are. Well, Rudy Gay gives them that. Um, 
But they don't. They didn't really add. I mean, we'll see how Butler works out. They didn't really add another ball handler. I, I might. That might be an issue again. I agree with what Ryan said. I. I mean, I just don't know. Is Jared Butler going to be able to help this team? Well, there's no it way you can me. count. There's no way you can count on him. I mean, if if he does, then great. But there's no way that you're going into the season saying this guy's going to play that role. You well, just can't. But when I look at this Jazz uh, summer league team, I'm not sure there's anybody there that's really going to step in and do something spectacular. We've seen some players uh, come out of nowhere, as it were, to be really, really valuable. But I we keep waiting. And uh, we haven't seen that happen yet. Some people say, well, they don't get an opportunity to play. I, I don't know. I, I just haven't seen that kind of talent. But we'll see. Just purely watching Summer League, I'd bet on Trent Forrest before Jared Butler. Right now. I'm not talking about their career. I'm talking about currently and their ability to help the Jazz. And again, we haven't really seen Butler, so no, that's, it's not fair to make that evaluation. I'm more, I'm more saying I think Trent Force's summer league has been really, really good. He's looked good. Yeah, yeah. and so maybe that's a sign that he's improved a little bit. What a rotational guy. I see. I don't know, but I'm saying more likely, in my opinion, from where I'm sitting in this chair right now, he'd be more likely to contribute as a ball handler than Butler, just because I. Bet on a rookie. Mm-hmm. How many rookies truly come in and make an impact? And out of those rookies, how many of them are taken in the second round? Yeah. But there were extenuating circumstances in this case, I think. The whole medical thing, the heart, the knee, you know, all that. Teams got scared. Well, what's the likelihood that he makes an immediate impact? Uh, well, it just the odds are against that. But I don't know. I don't know either. Well, what's the likelihood? <laughs> I don't know how you can you can uh, give a, a likely a number in that regard because we haven't even seen the kid play. Sure, you can. Not likely because very few rec- rookies do. Yeah. Okay. But there's always an exception. I'm not saying this is it, but it could be. Thus, the word likely, Gordon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got me there. One in a thousand is still a chance, as they said so much in, in Dumb and Dumber. What you telling me? So uh, you're saying I got a chance. More straight ahead on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.